23rd of December in the year of our Lord, 2022. This will be playing out probably the 24th. I'm very, very humbled that my my pastor, my friend, uh, my lovely Deborah Williams over uh, in California has agreed to come on and clear a few things up because I've noticed a lot of... Um, very nasty posts going on along Facebook where from born again, people who've been born again and recently baptised, how anybody who is showing any Christmas cheer, they're not a real Christian, they're worshipping Saturnalia and anyone who has a Christmas tree up, you know, we're, you know, we're not real followers of Jesus. And it was really upsetting me because I know Jesus is in my heart. I feel, you know, I know he you know, he gave up his life to save us. The only way to, 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 to God is through Jesus. I believe that. Don't get me wrong. I understand that Jesus wasn't probably born on the 25th of December. I know it was used. You know, there are pagan things, but it's also something that we've had here in the UK and I'm sure in America have something called tradition. It's a time, a time, sadly. Yes. Okay. It's the time of Saturnalia, which I actually believe is, um, is the winter solstice actually the 21st of December. But I mean, I'm no, I'm no expert on this, but traditionally in our countries, we have the Christian faith in these countries and we make it a tradition that we do celebrate life of Jesus in that time. We do celebrate it with families. Um, the oranges of the Christmas tree. I know that we were once given a Christmas tree from Germany, I do believe, but that's another thing I've got to further look into. But I would like Deborah one to, if she can, and we're just going to let the, the Lord guide her. But I would like to know the origins of the, Christ, origins of the Christmas story. We can discuss the Christmas because it's a celebration of his birth and his life. So I'm going to stop now because I really probably don't even know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to hand it over to somebody who really does know it, know what she's talking about. The one and only fabulous Deborah Williams. Hello, darling. Hey, sweetheart, <laughs> you're so you're so wonderful in how you do introduce me. And I'm really just like you, Lou. I'm just a human being. <laughs> but you, you know, you've taught me so much. I've been on a journey with you. And to me, you are you are you're you're like my pastor. I've been following you more than anybody else. The only person I started mm. off with. And you've helped me. You know, I got your book over a year ago. I must have read it about four times. So, you know, and it's literally, and, and I've got about five books just on my on my dressing table. One's the Bible, one's yours, one's the archaeology <laughs> findings of Christ. So it's, there's, the, the, it comes from the heart, my introduction yes. to you. I know, and I'm honored. I, I truly am. And it's so wonderful to have such a precious sister in the UK. And, um, and no, I'm not in California. I think you misspoke. I'm in Florida. <laughs> oh, that's absolute. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. And I'm so it's sorry. Okay. To the You're in the best, okay. the, best, the best state in the, in the whole entire of America, I think. Sorry, darling. <laughs> it's okay. Really? Um, I, I hardly know where to start. I know that the presence of the Lord is on his people and the remnant is growing stronger. And yes, um, the, the real remnant is, is becoming more and more full of God. And I just have to say at the very beginning of this, if you are full of God, then I'm going to tell you what you are going to be full of. You are going to be full of the love of God because 
the word of God says in, in, in the book of first John, I, I'm not going to go there because it's, it's a rabbit trail, but God is love. And this is not a phony fickle feeling of how uh, at the moment, how I feel about you, the, my emotions. Love is something that transcends the human emotion and it, it makes you able to love your enemies. And so Jesus revealed this to us on the cross. So I want to say that all of the people that are, who are actually speaking all of these things against the body, the rest of the body of Christ, um, they, they really need to take the beam out of their eye and stop picking at the moat in their brothers and sisters' eyes. Revelation comes by degrees. Not every child of God is walking in the same amount of revelation. Revelation is the light of the Holy Spirit that he throws upon the word. The word is revealed and it comes to the person as they begin to move in love and faith. Faith operates by love. Without love, you are nothing. Read 1 Corinthians 13. You are nothing. Nothing you do amounts to anything. It doesn't matter. All these words and all these knowledge, all this knowledge, you can have all knowledge, but if you don't have love, you are nothing. And Jesus came into the world because God so loved the world, meaning the people of the world. Yeah. And he so loved us that he sent his only begotten son, John 3, 16, that whosoever believed in him. So when you hear this and you embrace him as your Lord and your savior and your deliverer from the devil, and he wants to take us all down to hell, stop being in, uh, I, I just want to say to all of you who want to do, to want to strike out, you get a hunk of revelation and you want to use it to beat your fellow brothers and sisters. Jesus said that when he comes, he is not going to uh, ask you all the things you did. In fact, he knows all the things you did. And he said, the ones who begin to think, oh, well, he's delayed. So I'm going to use the, the doctrine of the Lord to beat my fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. Then he said, it's going to come to you as a thief in the night, and you're not going to know when your home is going to be broken into. I'm not talking about any doctrine here. I'm talking about the judgment of God. What we remember, all of you who want to strike out and wound your brothers and sisters because they don't know what you know and have the same revelation you have. You need to begin to ask the Father to show you the love of God for his children. Jesus is completely and totally in love with his church, completely mesmerized, adoring, loving, uh, giving his life, even now, daily, interceding, 24 hours, seven days a week. Uh, he, of course, there's no time in heaven, so he's outside of time, but he is continually praying for us and interceding for us and desiring for us to come into the fullness 
of Christ. Jesus is trying to, by his Holy Spirit, is trying to develop the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in his body. That means that we must become one. Those that are striking out are refusing to become one. They're looking down their nose at other brothers and sisters and saying, well, I know more than you do, so you don't even love God. That is anathema. Yes, that's exactly it. That is exactly anathema. That is cursing the body of Christ. And Jesus is so in love with the ones that you are cursing. So you need, I'm just telling you, repent and say, God, I got a little piece of knowledge. And so now I'm mad at everybody else who doesn't know what I know. That is a religious, hypocritical spirit. Look at your own past and see, was there a time you did not know this? And now because you know this, you are now proud and arrogant and are going to put down the ones who do not. What is your problem? The problem is you are filled with the spirit of pride over what you know. I'm just being real here. Hey, I didn't plan to say any of this. I'm telling you. Exactly. I know. I know, Deborah. And it's it's it, you're so you're so spot on. You really you're resonating so much. I'm, I'm on fire. You are. I, the more I know him, the more I love him, the more I love him, the more I see where people are at and accept them where they're at. We must at some point begin to accept that not everything that we know is known by everybody else. And just because we know it doesn't make us better than or holier than or mightier than more powerful than. And then we have the right. No, we have no rights. The playing field is level at the foot of the cross. None of us are holy. None of us are worthy. All that we have, Lou, is from the Father. All of it is through the Holy Spirit. All of it is from the death of our beloved Savior on the cross, where he spoiled principalities and he took the handwriting of the ordinances against us and he nailed them to the cross and he said, not guilty. So stop being used of the enemy. If I'm speaking to you right now and you've been doing any of these things, then repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I've been allowing the enemy to use me to put down my brothers and sisters in Christ. Accept them where they're at. Love them where they're at. God loved you before you know what you know now. He loved you. He still loves you. He loves you in spite of the fact that you're using your knowledge to beat other people. And that's what you're doing. So I'm speaking to them right now. Now I'm going to speak to those who don't have this knowledge. Hey, you know what? I thank God because we have this season that the devil has. Of course, it is the winter solstice. I don't know how it became the 25th. Who knows? But but it doesn't matter. All that matters is that we have the Christmas story in the word of God, and it is true, and it is miraculous. You know, because of you, Lou, I've had to restudy it. Oh, bless you. (laughs) Thank you. Because as I've read it, I have just been filled with revelation of, of, of what God is saying to us. God is saying to us 
that this was all planned, but I had to have vessels. I had to have human beings to bring this all about. I mean, as I've read it, I've been amazed at how many people are in the story. You know, there's Zacharias, who was a priest, whose wife Elizabeth was barren and couldn't have a child. And, and so he gets a visit from the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel, we find this in Luke. And, and, and in Luke, we're, we hear all about their story in the very beginning. And, and so he was struck dumb because he didn't believe the angel when the angel came and told him that your wife is going to get pregnant, who was barren. And uh, she was 60 years old. Thank God I didn't have a baby at 60. Oh, dear Ooh, Jesus. Blimey. <laughs> the, the, the thought sent shivers down my spine. <laughs> That's a little comic relief. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. God is so good. Can we stop right now and pray? Yes, we let's please do. Father God, may you fill us with your love at this season where it, yeah, Jesus, we know it probably wasn't when you were born. You were probably born sometime between September and October, but Lord, you weren't even on the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> you were on the Hebrew calendar. And, and, and that, that was the beginning of the year for them. And you were born. If that's when you were born, that's lovely, Jesus. But we, we thank you that we have this time, this season, that we can stop. It's like taking a pause. Much of the world is taking a pause for a couple of days. And even though it has been so perverted, we as the remnant of the body of Christ, the remnant who are in love with Jesus, the remnant of the church who are becoming more and more powerful by your spirit, by your anointing, you are revealing yourself to your remnant who are in love with you. And we are knowing one another because of the love of God in one another. And I thank you that it was love <laughs> that brought you. It was love that made uh, the angel Gabriel come to Mary and say, Mary, <laughs> don't be afraid. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You are going to be blessed among women. And she was afraid because an angel came to her. But he said, don't be afraid, Mary, because you have favor with God. And behold, you're going to conceive in your womb. And you're going to bring forth a son and you're going to call him Jesus, which means Emmanuel, God is with us, and he's going to be great, and he's going to be called the son of the most high God. And the Lord God is going to give him the throne of his father, David, and he's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I thank you, Father, for Mary, who said, well, how can this be? I'm a virgin. I don't I've never been with a man. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit 
is going to come upon you, hover over you. And the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And you are going to conceive in your womb the Holy One. And he's going to be born and called the Son of God. And Elizabeth, thank you, Father. We just dedicate this time to you in Jesus' name. And Elizabeth, you see, was a relative of Mary. So what was the logical thing for Mary to do? She says, oh, my, this is something this is something amazing. I, I can't I have no one to tell. How are you going to tell I'm pregnant out of wedlock <laughs> in a day where you would be stoned? Yeah. And you're supposedly betrothed to Joseph. And he's thinking about how he's going to put you away privately so that they won't stone you. <laughs> okay. So she goes to Elizabeth to see if what she was just told, because, you know, we are human beings. Mary was a human being. Elizabeth was a human being. And so what more natural thing for her to do was I got to go find out if what I've just been told is true. So she goes to Elizabeth and she says, hello, Elizabeth. And the moment she says Elizabeth, when she steps through the door of Elizabeth's little house, Elizabeth's babe, who is John the Baptist, who's the forerunner, who's going to prepare the way for Jesus, leaps in her womb at the sound of her voice and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost and she says oh my goodness how could this the mother of my Lord come to see me so you see they sat down and they took they they took their notes and they conferred with one another wow <laughs> and so that that union of blessing of two cousins I believe they were if I'm not I'm, I might be mistaken on that but but you know, they, here they are. One of them's an old woman. One of them's a real young one, probably 15, 16, 14. We don't really know how young she was, but young enough for one of her eggs to have come <laughs> to yeah. the point that she can be impregnated by the Holy Ghost. And, and so the witness of the babe, John the Baptist, leaping in her womb when, when she hears the sound of Mary. It is just so amazing. She says in Luke 1, 45, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of these things which were told her from the Lord. Yeah. So I've, I've got to now throw this in here for all of my lovely Catholic, Catholic friends. We love you. God loves you. God knows that you love him. I tell you, there are no more disciplined people probably in the body of Christ than a Catholic or a former Catholic. And they were raised, of course, believing that they couldn't come to God on their own. But many of them have had experiences. And there's about to be uh, the prophets have said, and I believe it, that there's going to be a mass exodus. There already is an exodus from the Catholic Church because of all the wickedness in the Catholic Church. But it's so much deeper than that, my dear friend, Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have been taught that that Mary was also immaculately conceived the way Jesus was. So I'm going I'm going to. Make I'm just going to throw this out there for all of you who have believed that lie. Yeah. How is it that she was immaculate con conceived if her mother was not immaculate 
immaculately conceived, if her mother was not immaculately conceived, if her mother, how many mothers do we have to go back? So, so become a thinking person and, and, and throw off the constraints and the lies of the religious dogma that all of us have been taught in one area or another. This is just one of them. Because immaculate conception, conception, as I understand it, means Jesus, uh, Jesus was born of a virgin and she was immaculately conceived. So you, you see what I'm saying? How far back do we have to go? Well, you'd have to go back clear to Eve. And that would mean that all the children of the world have been born. <laughs> no, no. Immaculately. Yeah. So no. No, that once you once you start embracing a little lie, you have to go deeper and deeper and deeper into the lie. But the Lord revealed to me why this is an abomination this morning. And it's all your fault, Lou, because you made me study this. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope I'm not making a lot of people mad because the Lord loves you and he wants to set you free from religion. He wants you to know him intimately. This is the beginning of it, is getting your eyes off of Mary, who was just a little virgin Jewish girl. She was the vessel, wasn't she? You know, she was just a vessel. As every one of us, God wants every one of us to be the vessel. And I'm not saying this as, uh, you know, to, to undermine what she was and who she was. She was the chosen woman of God to have the son of God. And she believed God looked into her heart, knew her heart. She was prepared. And so God wants to do with us. The word became flesh and he becomes in us, in our flesh. Jesus said through Apostle Paul, it is not my life I now live over in Galatians 2.20, but the life I live, I live by faith, the faith of the son of God who died and now lives in me. So the life I'm now living, he's living his life through me. And, and, And so in a sense, a very real sense. That is the birthing of Christ Jesus in every single one of us, not in our wombs, but in the womb of our spirit. Every single human being can have the experience of the new birth. That is is a birth from above. It is being reborn. And that is Jesus being reborn in us. That's the miracle of it. But what I saw of the abomination of having to believe that Mary was also pure and that you can go to Mary instead of Jesus, which is another one of the lies, because Mary is human, just like all the rest of us. And, and, and so I, God, forgive me for those, if they're you being wounded right now, take what I'm saying to the Lord, read the story for yourself in Matthew and Luke, read it yourself and ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me, reveal Jesus to me, reveal lies to me that I have embraced because Mary is not the queen of heaven. If she is the queen of heaven, which of course the queen of heaven is actually uh, uh, all part of the worship of Baal. 
Baal that has come into this country and thinks that he is ruling this country. But I tell you right now, Lou, he is not going to take America. He's not going to have America. And there's a remnant that is saying, no, you are not. And we are filled with Christ. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're saying, no, you're not having an America and you're not having the world because America has been designated for this time, this season. And she is going to once again have revival and awakening and awakening is coming to America and to the world and Christians all over America and all over the world are praying for us to rise up and take our stand. And we are taking our stand, Lou, because we don't worship the queen of heaven. The queen of heaven is not equal to God. She is a demon spirit that is trying to take over Catholicism, trying to take over worship that belongs to God. The queen of heaven is not married to God and did not get pregnant by God to have her, his, her son, Jesus, who makes that makes him just the prince of heaven. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the Omega. He is the ruler of all creation. The whole world and, and all of creation hangs on his word. He is the word of God. Oh, glory to God. Lou, are you understanding me? I've got absolute goose pimples all over me. I'm just like, yes, she's just so, yes, I'm totally getting what you're saying. It's, it's, so the, it's so, so powerful. Queen, you understand the queen yeah. of heaven is a demonic power. Yeah. And so to worship the queen of heaven is to worship a demon spirit that is trying to take over. It's just another ruse to try to lead people astray from who Christ Jesus is the anointed one, the holy one of God who wants to come and live his life in every single one of us by the power of his Holy Spirit so that we can take the world for Christ Jesus. And the devil thinks he's one. <laughs> he is already a defeated foe. He is a liar. We have all authority and power over him. He, we tread on him. He, he is under our feet because all of our sins have been nailed to the cross of Christ who paid for our redemption by his blood. Mary did not do this. Mary is not owed this honor. Mary is just a little chosen vessel to bring forth the son of God. But in no way can Mary save us. Mary called him. It actually says that he is also your Lord. <laughs> so how can your son be your Lord? Yeah. So she also was a sinner and needed redemption. So she, she said, this is Mary. The Lord just tells me to read this right now. This is what Mary says about her son. The, the, they call it the Magnificat. Okay. That's, you know, that's all from Catholicism. But that's okay. I don't care what they call it. 
the anointing of God came upon her and she began to prophesy. And this is what she says in Luke 146. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior. Did you get that? <laughs> yes. For he, she needed saving. Yes. If you're immaculately conceived, you don't, don't need, need saving. Yeah. Let that sink in. She actually says, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed, not immaculate, yes. blessed. Yes. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name, not mine. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. So she's including everyone who fears God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. And he has filled the hungry with good things. What did Jesus say? Those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness shall be filled. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed. And so we see after that, she stayed with him until it came to be time for Elizabeth to bring forth John the Baptist. We don't know what day she left her, but she brought forth Mary. Elizabeth brought forth the forerunner, the one who was going to make the way for Jesus. And then you see right after that, going into Luke 2, uh, we see that all the world, because of the census, had to go and register for taxes in the city that they were born. And so by this time, Joseph has taken her to be his wife because God gave him a dream. And you see that over in Matthew 1, verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, the prophets Isaiah, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So then Joseph being aroused from sleep did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her, meaning have intimacy with her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And, you know, hey, there's a whole group of people out there, my dear Blue, who want to argue over whether we call him by his Hebrew name, Yeshua, or whether we call him by his English name, Jesus, or, or you may as well add Yesu in Swahili and Jesus in Spanish and all the other names. Yeah. Why, why are we arguing semantics? Well, I, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. We really going to... 
you're really going to pick on people who who, yeah. uh, who, uh, who think the same as you because they, they use a tradition that they sit down and spend that time with their family and they might put a Christmas tree up. Oh, no, but you, Jeremiah, was it Jeremiah it was in? You must not decorate Christmas trees. You know, but they're quoting different scriptures. So hence you're here because I'm, you know, and a lot of the people who've, who've been kind of attacking are actually very new born again people. And... I'm I'm just a baby and they're just putting, you know, because I'm looking forward to spending some time with my family, you know, and having some time off. And I'm not going to be, you know, I, I, I'm aware that there's a pagan, a pagan holiday. I'm aware that Santa Claus, you know, I'm, I'm aware of all of this, the Satan, the Saturnalia. I'm aware, but I'm going to use it to celebrate Jesus. Amen. What Amen. is wrong with that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. God, you know what he said? He looks on the heart. Yeah. When will the children of God start looking on the heart? Lou, it's time. Yeah. What they're revealing about themselves is they're still full of some hate. And judgmental. And then they would they oh, people keep throwing the word judgmental around. But it is very judgmental. You know, it's. Well, you know, no one knows the time of this coming as well, because they're also they also get on the Oh, well, you know, I wouldn't trust them because they but that, you know, they think of pre-trib, mid-trib. And like nobody knows. I mean, am I doing well, I know, this is just from somebody simple who's who's read bits of the Bible, don't properly understand it. But the Lord does say nobody knows the time and place of his coming. No. You know? So how do we know? No, none of us are going to know if it's pre-trib, mid-trib, after, you know, whatever trib, you know, he's. He, He's in our hearts, isn't he? Well, here's the real coming. Okay, you ready for this? The coming into our hearts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, when I was a little girl, we sang uh, a song. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay. <laughs> I've got tears running down my face all of a sudden. Come in to my heart, Lord Jesus. <laughs> That's what's important. Yes. If you keep your eyes on him, you're going to be able to see so clearly. You're not going to be angry at your brothers and sisters because they still do something that you've discovered was wrong. I mean, come on. I still love my very dear cousin who's a homosexual. Yeah. I still love him. He's almost his entire family turned against him. But he knows where I stand. And guess who he calls when he needs prayer? Me. Yeah. His little cousin. And you know what he confessed to me one day? He was molested when he was 10 years old by a man in the church. And he was married for many years and had three children. And his wife ran out on him. And she was the, the song leader of the church. Oh, yeah. 
So many people are where they're at because they've been wounded. Jesus, well, no, David, the Holy Spirit through David said, wound, talked about being wounded in the house of my friends. Jesus, when, when, when Judas, Judas, the betrayer, came to Jesus in the garden and kissed him, he said, friend. He called him friend. <laughs> I mean, God is doing such a miraculous work in me. I can just tell you, I just didn't just come upon all this. It has been through many hard trials and hard things. And I didn't know all this about Christmas. I grew up with Christmas. We looked forward to it. My daddy loved Christmas and he loved God with all of his heart. My mother loved God with all of their heart. God does not judge us for what we do not know. Yeah. So, so, uh, Oh, dear Jesus. So, so I want to get back to the Christmas story because <laughs> I, I, I have something else I have to tell you that's a real bombshell. I'm going to let them read the rest of it. You, you know, the, she has her babe. The shepherds come. Oh, my gosh. There's so many players in this story. The shepherds, the lowly shepherds out in the field leave their sheep out there because the angels come and visit them and say, hey, guess what? Yeah, we're bringing you good tidings of great joy, which is to everyone, to all people. A savior has been born in the city of Bethlehem and the city of David. And, and, and so as a sign, you're going to go there, you're going to find him in a manger and he's going to be wrapped up in swaddling clothes, which was just strips of cloth. And, and, and so they start singing and a whole host starts singing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. When, when are we going to have that? Okay. So they go, they find the babe. He's exactly like what the angels told him. And then they go and they go out and tell everybody, well, what's a shepherd of shepherds, a pastor of the sheep. <laughs> so, so the first ones who got the message were the, the pastors, the shepherds. The shepherds who had their sheep out in the wilderness went, left their sheep, went to go find the Christ. And they go out and they tell everybody about it. And all who heard it in verse 18 of Luke 2 says they heard it and marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. And so Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So, okay, time is going by. So then they go and they take their child to the temple because on the eighth day, every firstborn son that comes forth from the womb has got to be dedicated to the Lord and redeemed. And it's, 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 uh, it's, it's something that God required. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And so they have to offer a little sacrifice of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And when they go there, they meet Simeon and Simeon is a devout man. And God has revealed to him that he will not die until he sees the Christ. And so he comes by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in Jesus, 
Jesus. So we're talking Mary and Joseph and to do according to the law. He takes him up in his arms and I can just see him swinging him around in a circle, showing everybody this beautiful child and saying, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared before the face of all peoples. I like to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. So he's now announcing that this babe is the Christ that's going to bring deliverance, not only to the Jew, but to the Gentile. And then Anna comes in about that time. Oh, oh, listen to what Simeon first tells Mary. He says, behold, the child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. So the fall is going to be all the religious Judaism. And the rising is going to be all those who are going to believe the Christ child is who they say he is and that he is born of God and that he's their savior coming to the world and they're going to believe on him and receive him. And they're going to be delivered from their sins and from the devil and from hell and from death. And they're not going to have to be afraid anymore. And so he says, this is going to be a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And about that time, Anna, the little old prophetess comes in who's of great age. And she's been serving the Lord day and night in the temple for 84 years. And and so with prayers and fastings night and day, and she comes in at that instant and she gives thanks to the Lord and speaks of him to all the people who look for the redemption in Israel. Now we proceed forward. They go back home from from Jerusalem, back to Nazareth, and the child grows and begins to mature. And God knows what's about to happen. And here's the here's the real capstone of the story, which is where my message is headed. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. (laughs) (laughs) So we see over in Matthew, Matthew is the book of Matthew continually says, as it is written, as it is written, you see it over and over again. And he's referring to the prophets in the Old Testament who prophesied things. And so he is saying that as a fulfillment, this is according to as it was written. So you're seeing the fulfillment of prophecy all through the book of Matthew. And so in the first chapter of Matthew, um, we, we see Joseph, that's when he gets the dream. He takes Mary to be his wife. And then in chapter two, now after Jesus was born, In Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Okay, so we know Jesus is not in Jerusalem anymore. And it says after Jesus was born. You know, we have this cute little quaint story that, oh, you know, the the shepherds were there and the angels were there. and, And here come trooping up in their three little camels. (laughs) the wise men from the East, all at the manger. No, that's not what happened. 
because we know that the child began to grow. He went back to Nazareth after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Then the wise men, and let me just say the wise men were the he, the Greek word magos. Magos are magi or magicians. Magicians are astrologers. Astrologers are into witchcraft. These men are rich men from the East who bring an entire caravan of gold and frankincense and myrrh and riches from the East because they have looked at the signs, okay, the signs in the sky, and they have seen the star, and the star guides them, and they get to Jerusalem. That's where the star guides them. Well, Jesus is not in Jerusalem. That's where Herod is, who is the king. And, you know, at this time, the Jews are in Roman bondage. Mm-hmm. And they are all trying to be at peace with the Romans and trying to carry on their Judaism. And they have a little bits of freedom for which they guard religiously. And so the wise men come to where the king is. Where else would you go to find the, the son of a king? So, so, so the star leads them to Jerusalem and they go to Herod and they say, where is the king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. When Herod heard about it, he was troubled as well as all Jerusalem with him. What? What? Uh, Where's a king? Uh, There's a king. I'm the king. There's not supposed to be another king. Are you telling me that there's a king that's going to rise up among Judaism and they're going to take control and take my kingdom away from me? It ain't going to happen. And when he gathered all the chief priests, so he learned, okay, this is the Jews. So he's going to gather around the people who are in charge of the Jews. And that's the priests. Remember, they were a theocracy. Their king was God. And the priests were those that were next to God. And so there's still worship at the temple. They still have daily sacrifices. They're still spilling blood out on an altar. And they they go, Herod calls them. And he says, where, where, I want to inquire, where is this, um, this Christ? This to be, to be, you know, he's, 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 it's a ruse. He's, he's being real nice to them because he doesn't want to know he's planning on finding him and killing him. And so they say, well, you know, of course they're all tattletales and, and they, they are all bought by bribes. They're, they're, they're kept, they keep the people in line, just like people today that we have. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Are you still there, darling? I'm totally engrossed. I'm, okay. I'm hanging on your every word at the moment. Oh, bless your heart. You know what? I'm probably going to have to listen to this to know what in the world I said. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, we know that he hears about this. He brings in the Jews, uh, the priests, who are supposed to be leading the people in righteousness. And there were some righteous ones. There are many righteous ones. We know they had many squabbles in the Sanhedrin between the the, in the Pharisees, among the Pharisee leaders and among the priests arguing he is the Christ. No, he isn't. He has a devil. We see this all played out later. And that same thing is happening today. We have dear God, we have preachers that have been bought. 
Yeah. They're, they're preaching lies to people. They're, they've been bribed. They've been bought and they bought into the lie that, oh, you know, I, I'm going to have a great congregation with 20,000 people or 30,000 people if I just say all the right things and I'm going to be rich. Uh, okay, so those people were there then, just like they're here now. Yeah. And so they say, oh, well, you know, King Herod, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And he will be the shepherd and the ruler of my people. So, okay, Herod dismisses them and he calls the wise men to him secretly. Now, these are the astrologers, okay? These are the magi. And they have been, they have, they said, look, when did you first see the star? I want to know when did that first happen? And so he, he, they told him innocently. They didn't know they were being played. And he sent them to Bethlehem because that's what the Jews just told them, the priests. And go and search carefully for the young child. Now we see here, it's not a babe. It is a young child. And I looked it up. That's exactly, guess what it means in, in, in Greek. Just guess. <laughs> I'm right here. Sorry. The dogs were going mad. Please tell us, tell us. It means young child. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> And when and when you found him, you come back and you tell me where he is so I can come worship him, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we know now he's not an infant in the manger anymore. No. And so they 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 went when they heard the king, they departed and the star began to lead them again. And they went to where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. Now, what this says to me, okay, well, you know what happened? They, they came in, they saw the child, Mary, the mother, they fell down and they worshiped him. Notice that nobody told them to stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when they had opened their treasures, they presented them gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, the story, the true story is they brought a caravan. What they gave Joseph and Mary was enough to go down into Egypt to flee Herod, who now knew. And, and we know about how old he was because when Herod found out that he had been deceived by the Magi. He went and he had all the children that were killed from the age of two up to infancy. All the babies were slaughtered from two years old and younger. So that says that, that, that Jesus was probably a year, year and a half, maybe even two years old. But it says right after they presented all these gifts, then in verse 12 of Matthew, uh, the second chapter, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And here's what the Lord showed me. 
they were magicians, they were sorcerers, and they had been trained up in sorcery all the way back to Balaam because one of the greatest prophecies about Jesus came out of the mouth of a false prophet who was also a sorcerer. His name was Balaam. You find his story back in the book of Numbers. I think it's around the 24th, 25th, 26th chapters. And you see that Balaam prophesies about the star and the scepter that's going to actually be spoken. It's it's Numbers 24, 17. I'm just going to go back there and read it because this is a sorcerer speaking this word. (laughs) And I love this. I love this. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. So hang on to your hat, my darling. Um, Numbers 24, 17. This is the prof, one of the several prophecies. Some of the greatest prophetic words in the Bible came out of the mouth of Balaam who was a false prophet. He says in verse 24, 17 of the book of Numbers, I see him. Uh, Well, first he says, the utterance of him who hears the words of God and has the knowledge of the most high, who sees the vision of the almighty, who falls down with eyes wide open. What did the Magi do? They fell down and their eyes were opened and they saw the Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of tumult. And it goes on talking about out of Jacob, one shall come who will have have dominion over the whole earth. And these are sorcerers. So so here's what what I want to say to all of my new age friends. (laughs) My friend that I'm talking to named Lou Collins is going to be used mightily in the new age movement. And many, 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 many thousands of new agers, many, many thousands of sorcerers, many of those who are right now worshiping the devil and thinking you are worshiping the 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 the, the one, the shining one who's fell down from heaven, who is accursed, who actually hates you and uses you and molests you and torments you when you don't obey him because he uses fear, just like the demon spirits in the Muslim religion uses fear to keep their adherence under control. There is coming a mass exodus after out of Catholicism. There is coming a mass exodus after the Muslim out of the Muslim religion, Islam. There is coming a mass exodus out of the new age movement. My dear Lou, God is going to use you mightily. My dear sister, you have no idea. And you've been there, done that. And you've already seen the truth. And it's all led me to my path. It, it's all led me to here. It's sad. Yes. Yes. It's sad that I, I could have find Christ earlier, but this is my path and I'm not going to, I don't regret anything. And yes. I am so thankful to the new age because it's brought me here. It's brought me to Yes. yes. It's I, don't, going I don't feel to... bad about anything. It's my path. It's what God's, and I got there eventually. 
it's, and it's in his hands. And I realise that now. But it, it's, taken, it's taken going through the new age movement and everything else. Yes. To actually realise that he was there all along. <laughs> I was always looking for something, looking for yes. answers. And it, it, it was always right in front of me. Yes. And the Magi found it. And that's all part of the story. The sorcerers found Jesus. <laughs> and and they, they actually promoted him and took care of him and gave them everything that his family would need to go live in Egypt until God sent the angel to warn, to, to tell him it's okay to return. It's okay because the one who tried to kill him is dead. And, and pretty soon a whole lot of people who have tried to kill America and tried to kill the world are going to be dead because we're living in the days where the saints of God are now praying the will of God that whatever it takes, bring justice and righteousness and holiness, bring us back to our roots, and we are not going to have anything less. And God has given us through the Holy Spirit power and authority over all the authority on the earth. He has given the children of God the same authority that Jesus has. And and we are coming to a great crescendo of deliverance, healing, and salvation in the earth, where the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord is going to cover, the knowledge even of the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth, even as the water covers the sea. (laughs) Wow. That's I, what I believe that. I, t- I believe it in my heart. I know God's working. There's so much doom and gloom, but I know he's making his moves. And people keep saying, no, we've gone beyond it. I mean, the world is looking like Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, we've been, de- we've been dealing with the case where they're, they're teaching the, the girl, the mums, the mothers of Wales have taken the Welsh government to court because they're sexualizing our children within the classroom. There is no parental opt out. And the judges have ruled in favour that it's okay for three and four year olds to learn about gender identity, to learn about masturbation Uh and their innocence and they're destroying it. And myself and all of us at Liberty Tactics have been supporting the mums of Wales and trying to get the story out. Well, the judge gave her verdict and it came through because they, they took them to court for a judicial review. And we really thought it was going to come in our favour. But she's decided that, no, children nowadays do need to learn about, about such disgusting things. I mean, they shouldn't be having these thoughts in their heads. They're, they're, they're into to, to teenagers. I mean, I'm not going to go down there because this is a whole other show. But yes. I know God is going to make, he's not going to allow it. He is going to save our children. This, I do believe, is showing the people that 
evil has got hold of this earth. We have got it in all of the major PowerPoints of our lives, the judiciary, the health. You know, every part of our life is being tapped by the devil. You know, chemtrails in the sky, you know, people's water being fluoridated. They're coming, sexualizing our children. There isn't a single part of our life now that Satan isn't trying to attack. And the only thing that I know is the only one who can overcome Satan you know, we can't do this battle on our own. I don't care what anybody says. You know, somebody is going to say we cannot save ourselves. And there no. is only one person that can save us. And that is Jesus. Right. And I believe solely yeah. in my heart that God is making his move. We are going to, he is going to save those souls of those beautiful babies that have yes. whatever, you know, I'm not going down that route. People know, people know my story. You know, the stuff I, I focus on. Jesus he has a plan for the children. They are innocent. They are his children. Mm-hmm. We have got to be exposed to be, to truly realize and people to turn and have a revival. And I see it so clearly, Deborah. I yes. see it. Yes. yes. He's waiting for the big arrival. He's waiting. This is good. You've got to see these things. He will look after the children that are being hurt by these people. Yes. We have to see that this is not the way and turn to Jesus. Yes. It's all, Lou, it's all part of the awakening. Yes. That's what this is. The church has been asleep, asleep, doing nothing, sitting under preachers who are also, many of them doing nothing. Many of them are preaching against sin, but many of them are compromised. And, And so Jesus is saying, wake up. And so he's allowing Holy Spirit. God is allowing all of this to awaken. I don't know how bad. The reason why it is so bad is because the enemy thinks he's winning, thinks he has won. And so now he's in your face. Now there's no more hiding. Everything that was hidden is being exposed. Hallelujah. So every single Man, woman, boy, and girl is eventually going to awaken. And it's had to be shock treatment. It's, I'm sorry to say, it has really been like shock treatment for many, many people. But God is in charge of all of this. I believe it with all of my heart. Amen. So do I. Completely. I've, I've never felt so sure of really anything, you know, I know this is the right way. I, I don't need to look anymore. I don't need to look for anything. And I understand, I understand, you know, people saying, if he's so great, you know, if he's this God Almighty, why is he letting this children, it has to be this way. It's our fault. We need to realize and start putting our energy and our faith into him. Let me read a few verses out of Romans 13. Okay. Verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time and do this, in other words, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Now, this was written back in the Apostle Paul's day, okay, 2,000 years ago. Therefore, let us cast off 
the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. The people who put on armor are going to war, my sister. Let us walk properly as in the day. And we are walking in daylight. We have light, not in the revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. You see that in the church. And so, so God is a God is wanting the lines to be very clear and they are being clearly drawn so that no one is going to say, I just didn't see this coming. I mean, you know, oh, this was all the deception. No, it's becoming so look when when they have transgenders and they start celebrating drag queens in the White House, it's no longer hidden. No, so, Okay, so he says to us, wake out of sleep, put on the armor of light, don't have anything to do with drunkenness, lewdness, lust, strife and empty and envy. Sorry, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its its lusts goes right into chapter 14, verse one, receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. Now that's pretty amazing, isn't it? That really is actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. God is, these are the last days. We are at the end of the last days, but there is a harvest. People who are told to occupy and learn that they are in the army of God, they put on their army and they begin to fight. We do not fight with weapons, natural weapons of warfare. We fight with our words and and they're not our words. They have to be inspired by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. You can't just take the Bible, the word, the logos and beat people, the written word beat them over the head and expect them to get uh, to awaken. You have to use the word of the Lord by the spirit of the Lord, which makes the word alive. The word came alive to you, Lou. That's why you're in love with Jesus. The word came alive to me 40 years ago. That's why I'm in love with Jesus. That's why I will lay down my life for him, whatever it costs. We overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the, the word of our testimony, which comes out of our mouth, and we love not our lives lives unto the death. So whatever it costs, we are willing to pay the cost because we are going to occupy. We're going to come out against the enemy. We're going to stand for the word of the Lord. We're going to stand for the salvation and the deliverance of souls. I got to read one last verse. I'm I'm, I'm telling you, this is, I read this just, you know, I've totally forgotten it. God is so good. Do you know what? (laughs) I totally he gave the show is absolutely it's gone in the it's just gone in the most bizarre directions but it's been so there's so much here (laughs) you know it's going to be I'm going to need to listen to this a few times over to unpack it all because what he's giving you at the moment Deborah where you're he's guiding you is absolutely it's perfect I'm telling you, someone needs to get into Peter, first, second Peter, and really do a study 
Okay, uh, because Peter, it, he wrote this further toward the near the end of his life. He knew that he was going to be crucified like the Lord. They were in a lot of persecution. And, and so he was the one that said, hey, you know what? Uh, he is going he, he's going to try us in the fire, but we're going to come forth like gold. You, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we are we are going to be so. Glorify. We are going to walk in the glory of God. People, when you get full of the love of God and full of the power of God and the knowledge of God, the revelation of God, and God starts living his life through you, then you are suddenly, uh, uh, well, you are like Christ. (laughs) People are going to run to you. That is what he's after. He is not after a wimpy little beat down bride who's just saying, oh, God, I can't tell you. And and this is not a criticism, but I'm trying to wake some people up. All they're saying, I just want to get out of here. I just want him to come and rapture me. I'm just so tired of all of this. And, and, And they're still thinking about themselves. Yes. Let that soak into your mind and your heart. Are you saying that? Because if you are, you're only thinking about yourself. That isn't what Jesus thought about. (laughs) Was that what he was doing on the cross? Yeah, exactly. He was not thinking about himself. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read this scripture. But beloved, it's in 2 Peter 3, verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing, not willing. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When that becomes our motivation we are going to see the greatest revival. It, the angels of God are right now warring in the heavenlies against demons as people pray and cry out to God. The awakened remnant are praying and standing by the love of God in the power of God with the armor of light on. And the angels are standing with us. They are fighting for us and they are waiting to crush the enemy so Baal and Baalism and Ashtaroth and the, the queen of heaven and all the demon powers that are anti-God that think they have won. I announced to them, oh, no, you haven't seen nothing yet. Because the body of Christ, the remnant of God that has awakened are busy awakening others. 
And all of your wickedness is awakening the Laodicean lukewarm church. God is about to jerk down the pants of the lukewarm church, and they are going to be seen as the naked that they are. They think they're rich. They think they have fancy garments on. They think that they are uh, powerful. And God is about to show the Laodicean church, you are wretched and poor and naked and blind. Come to me and buy gold that has been tried in the fire. What is he saying? The Laodicean church, I have news for them. They are going to be lumped into the same category with the remnant. When they begin to persecute the remnant, they're going to persecute the Laodicean church, and they're going to suddenly see their nakedness. And some of them are going to have to face God with, oh my God, I've only cared about myself. I've only cared about my comforts and my pleasures. And I am still watching the TV four hours every night before I go to bed, trying to just forget about all of this and hope it all goes away because, well, I'm waiting for the rapture. They're going to awaken because they're going to be persecuted right along with the remnant that's on fire for God. And when that happens, they're going to buy from gold by gold from God that's tried in the fire, which is true riches, which comes out of persecution. And the Lord said, if you don't suffer with me, you're not going to reign with me. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to reign. I, I am ready to be in charge of this world. I, I, I often laugh and say Deborah was a prophetess and she was also a judge in Israel for 40 years. And I plan on being a judge in the new millennium I, I, in the kingdom of God. I'm going to judge some some unrighteousness and, and God is not willing for them to perish. So he's 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 waiting. He's waiting. What is he waiting for? He's waiting for them to get more wicked. Oh, no, no, no. Waiting for them to be exposed. No, they're just getting exposed because they think that they're in charge. He is waiting for the remnant and he's waiting for his church, the Laodicean church to awaken and realize who they are in Christ Jesus. And if they don't have him, they don't have anything. And that's what this Christmas season is all about. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Wow. Deborah, that's I just... I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this because it's 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 just been packed, absolutely packed. And I've kept you well over an hour, out nearly an hour and a half we've been talking. And I don't even know what time it is. <laughs> fabulous. Well, my son, I must say, I must apologise to my son because I promised him I'd give him a lift and we did it a bit earlier. And do you know what? He hasn't even said a word. He hasn't complained. He hasn't moaned. <laughs> I supposed to give him a lift 20 minutes ago, half an hour ago, and he hasn't said a word. He, could see, he kept popping in and he could see how engrossed I was. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so, I love you. That was so, so powerful. And... Any final words before we break for this uh, Christmas season? Do you yeah. have any words out there? It'd be great to reconnect again uh, in 2023. Maybe in January we could do something else because it's it's just, it's such, it's so, I've just learned so much from you. Every time we speak, I come away with like these bucket loads of knowledge. <laughs> well, Lou, keep doing what you're doing. It is making a difference. I know I know how the enemy works. He tells you, why don't you just quit? You hear all the accusations. You hear all the ugly things. They, they, they throw darts at you, fiery darts at you. Look, girl, lift up your shield of faith. 
Lift up that shield of faith, which is able to quench every single fiery dart. What is your faith in? It's not in us. It is in him. Faith that he is not willing for any to perish. And we are doing this for a cause. And the cause, is there not a cause in Israel? That's what David said when he came out against the giant. Is there not a cause? You find it in 1 Samuel 17. Isn't there a cause in Israel? What's wrong with all of you people? You're afraid. You're terrified. You're a slinking army trying to hide behind the skirts of Saul, the king, who's just a fleshly person. I Hey, I come in the name of the Lord. I don't come at you with you a, with a shield and a sword in the natural. I come at you with the word of God, and I'm going to take off your head. And that's what you're going to do, my friend. You're going to take off some heads of giants. You keep doing what you're doing, and all of you listening to her, keep on being vocal. Keep on speaking the truth in love. Keep on keeping on. We are going to win this thing. We are going to have a breakthrough. I was at a meeting uh, a, a week, a couple of weeks ago at Donna Rigney's church on Friday night. And, and, and a mighty prophetess of the Lord named Anita came forth with a word is that we have been out in the room waiting for the baby to be born. I forget what that room is, the waiting room. And she said, but we're about to enter into the birthing room. And I tell you, that's what What's about to be happened. The yeah. happen is the birth of Jesus in his church, a powerful church, a spotless church without blemish, any such thing, a church that's going to be ready for her Lord, not a whining, I just want to get out of here, church, a church that says I'm going to take the lost at any cost out of the grip of Satan himself. And that's where we're headed. And we are overcomers in this life. We are about to overcome. This is the this is the fight of the ages, Lou. It is what all the angels in heaven is what all the saints who are in heaven have been waiting for. The, the, the earth is about to become Jesus's footstool where he puts his feet up to have a rest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Oh, where are we? Am I, am I muted? No. Oh, Deborah, thank you so, so much. I, I, I know. I got to go. I love you, my darling. Thank you. And I love you. People can check you out. What's the website? It's called midnightcry.live. And I am on YouTube and Rumble. And look for my channel there. It's called I've got all the links. And all the links will be under the post. And I'm okay. going to put a little link to your website, actually, on our, okay. front, page, on our front page of the website. Awesome. So awesome. I'm going to put a little advert up there so people can come and visit your website. It has been so powerful, uh, darling. Let me say, let me say this one little last thing sure. on Amazon, put in last day's glory Buy my little book. You can read it for free. If you have a Kindle, you can buy it for $1.99. If you want to keep it, it you will want to keep it. You will uh, want to keep it. Yeah. It, it is, it is, it is this. We're living it out right now. What you're seeing. It was written for now, wasn't it? What time did, what, when did you write that, Deborah? Because it, it, it it's so relevant to today. In 2017. It came out in August of 2017. And it is exactly where the church is at. And it will inspire you. It will encourage you. It's got 505 star reviews on Amazon. Uh, I, I did not write the book. The Holy Ghost write the book. I wrote it in three weeks. All I did 14 hours a day was walk the floor, pray in the Holy Ghost and write. I did eat a little bit. 
But you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I just want to say I love you. I love all your listeners. God be with you. God give you a wonderful, glorious Christmas season uh, and a happy new year. And keep the faith. Keep on standing. Bye, my darling. Goodbye. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your Hey!